what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show i am your co-host Corey tyndall and i am your co-host mj smith we're also joined by a special guest once again nick crown uh hey everyone hi nick hey thanks for joining us so we are back to talk about some goodness today quite literally yeah i mean the good dinosaur Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. this is a after episode if you're just tuning in the general premise of the show is we watch a movie that we've never seen before, um, but we give our expectations and thoughts about it, and then we come back on the next episode and tell you what we thought about it. So this is an after episode, so you're going to hear our impressions about The Good Dinosaur. So before we jump into that, um, have you guys been watching anything this past week? MJ. Yeah. Um, weirdly, uh, I was on my honeymoon last week, the week of Thanksgiving, and uh, still managed to find time to watch a couple things in uh, the hotel room, mm-hmm. as well as on the plane. Yeah. Um, which I texted you guys about. But <laughs> the thing about watching the stuff in the hotel room is we just kind of... I hadn't watched a movie like on TV in mm. such a long time. Yeah. And I never really realized... How much you don't see the beginning of a movie when it's on TV. <laughs> you just kind of come into the middle of it. Um, we ended up watching uh, Fast Five. Like half of Fast Five. Three quarters of Beetlejuice. And three quarters <laughs> of Horrible Bosses 2 for some reason. Uh, I don't even know how that happened. I just kind of put it on in the background while I was looking up like... A place to go, like, eat or go to tour or something. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of stayed on, and it wasn't, like, awful. So (laughs) it just kind of stayed on there while we were getting ready. Um, So it was, like, kind of half paid attention to. And then I watched, like, 15 minutes of this movie called The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. It came out last year. Um, Real weird. I turned it off because I was like, I don't know what type of movie this is. Because he was being all, like, Robert Downey Jr.-y. Yeah. But it was about this attorney whose father was the judge in the small town, and his father gets convicted of murder, and he's got to go back to his hometown to defend his father as his father's lawyer, which sounds super illegal. (laughs) I don't think they would allow that. I don't know what court would allow that to happen. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But then it also turns out that, like, Robert Duvall's got cancer for some reason. I don't know why. It was real weird. Real weird. And the the scene that I came in on was this woman that he'd clearly had a thing with back in the day, like he went to high school with, picked him up, and it turned out he had, like, slept with her daughter when he, what? like, first got to town. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, yeah, it was real weird. It was a real, real weird movie, and so we didn't watch much of that. But uh, one of the two I want to talk about um, movies that we watched was Beetlejuice. My mm. wife hates that movie, for the record. Really? Like, traumatized her as a child. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, she okay. hates it. Have you guys seen Beetlejuice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie's incredible, you guys. <laughs> that might be my favorite Tim Burton movie. Like, I'm... For some reason, I'm quick to defend Tim Burton in his modern style. I don't know why. I think I've just kind of always liked that guy. Um, You like his films, though? For the most part, kind of. And then I watch one of his early movies, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Like, <laughs> um, you know, uh, the, the, the long-lost after episode of Black Mass and Ed Wood, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. the one that never got recorded, <laughs> um, <laughs> Ed Wood came out in, like, 1994, and it's such a good movie, and it's just like, what happened, man? <laughs> but for every, like, Dark Shadows that this guy does, he's also got, like, Big Fish, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie so much. Um, but Beetlejuice is 
bananas. Like, that would be so strange, but so good. It's just so well pulled. Like, the way he pulls it off is amazing. Like, I, it's it's a miracle that movie works even a little bit. Because <laughs> that movie is so weird. I would agree with that. It's, it's all over the place. It's all over the place, but it fits perfectly. Like, th- that tone is perfect for that script. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And Michael Keaton is incredible in that movie he's so good like there was a point where he's just being all like weird and beetlejuicy i just looked at kristen and i was like he's batman (laughs) that's hard to believe yeah super hard to believe and just the makeup is so good like the scene where they have to act scary and they become like the weird creatures with the like oh and like the, the eyeballs in the mouth yeah oh, and his eyeballs so in his hand it's so strange it's a weird movie it man. is a very weird movie but like the makeup is so good on them mm-hmm. when they do it it's incredible or when um you know the 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 climax of the movie is is Beetlejuice is gonna help get the Dietzes out of uh out of there to help Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. But he's got, Lydia has to promise to marry him. And so, like, while they're getting married by this weird little alien creature, Gina Davis, like, <laughs> comes back to life and she goes to say his name three times and he, like, mm-hmm. ma- throws magic at her and it puts a zipper over her yes. mouth. And that looks so real. And then it's like a, like a metal, like, plate over mm-hmm. her mouth and that looks amazing. And the, I had to look it up because I, I was watching it and I was like, I hope. This is the Oscar-winning Beetlejuice. And sure enough, it won that year for Best Makeup. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy it did. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie's real weird, but really good. I, I love that movie. I I need to go watch it again. It's been a really long time since I've seen it. It is what it is, and it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it did so well. It didn't mm-hmm. try to be anything else. Yeah, and it's a real simple movie. Like, it basically only takes place in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't count all the weird purgatory other world yeah. locales. <laughs> yeah, like the, the waiting room and like Saturn. When, when he goes to Saturn, there's the sandworms. Yeah. Um, also, Alec Baldwin is so young in this movie. He looks like a different person. <laughs> it does not look like Alec Baldwin at all. I didn't even remember he was in that movie. He's one of the main characters. Yeah, I need to go see it again. Oh man, I if you, if you need a safe space to come watch Beetlejuice, okay, <laughs> because my wife is gonna disown me after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, after no. this episode. Oh man, Michael Keaton is incredible in that. Like, just the most one of the most manic characters I've yeah. ever seen, and it's no wonder they made a cartoon off of it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing: the cartoon came after. This wasn't based off of anything. This was just an idea someone had. Really? Yeah, really? it was an original IP. Wow. That's nuts. I was like, you couldn't make this movie now. No one would gamble on this movie if Beetlejuice didn't exist prior to 2015. And someone was like, I have this weird movie about this reverse exorcist. (laughs) This dead guy who gets rid of living people in haunted places. No one would make that movie. Mm -mm. You'd be like, you're crazy. Yeah. I don't even think you could get that kickstarted. No No way. (laughs) No way. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I I never thought that. I always thought it was the inverse. Like, oh yeah, you know, it was a show and a franchise and then they made a film. Nope. Wow. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I love that movie so much is it's just like, this is truly an original idea. Like, no one else thought of that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, And it just just fits Burton's style perfectly. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's so... Tim Burton-y, but not in the, like, weird self-parody Tim Burton that we're using now. Like, it's back when he was, like, real inventive and creative. It feels kind of like a Sam Raimi movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like it could be, like, Sam Raimi's follow-up to Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the the way he he moves the camera and um, the inner, the energy of it is very Sam Raimi. It feels like it's Tim Burton riffing on a Sam Raimi movie, actually. Like, it feels like he was, like, super into what Sam Raimi was doing and then just did that. It's like, my turn. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's... Oh, man, I love that movie. I always forget that I love that movie and then I rewatch it and it's mm-hmm. really good. And then, uh, to kind of tie into what we talked about last week, if you guys listened last week, we went through every single one of Pixar's movies. Um, yes. And... I mentioned that I didn't like Toy Story 2 that much. And we shunned him. Yes. And you guys got kind of mad. (laughs) And um, 
on the plane on the way to Nashville, I always forget I have movies on my iPod. And I looked, and I have the digital copies of the Toy Story trilogy. So I have all three of them on my mm -hmm. iPod. And I was like, I'm just going to watch Toy Story 2 on the plane. And so I did. And that movie's super good. Yes, it is. I feel like it is forgotten or underrated when compared to the other two because you have, oh yeah, what started the franchise and then like the nostalgia bomb and, you know, it's good in its own right, Toy Story 3, but people always forget the second one. Mm -hmm. It's a really fun movie. Yeah. What did you like about it uh, that changed your mind? Um, you know, it, it, that's a good question because what I like about 1 and 3 is the story. I think there's a really good kind of emotional arc mm -hmm. in those those two movies. Um, Toy Story 2, really the only super emotional arc is Jesse's arc, which is great. Mm -hmm. But those characters are so well written in the second one. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I yes. really like about the second one is it's just like the way those characters interact is incredible. It, it's better than the other two, I think, mm -hmm. as far mm -hmm. as just the way the characters interact with each other. Um, and so I think it serves like a really cool alternate purpose in the uh, bookends of Toy Story 1 and 3 in that you just get to know everyone a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you get introduced to, you know, Bullseye and Jesse. And I think if, if there is a complaint to Toy Story 3, they introduce almost too many new characters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get the prospector, but he's a villain, so yeah. Yeah. it's not as important <clears throat> to get to know him because the two permanent ones are Bullseye and Jesse, and they're characterized so well. Um, the prospector is too, but but not the way, like, Lotso is in the third one. Like, he's better oh, characterized yeah. in, in the third one yes. than the prospector is in the second one. But... Um, and just that idea of legacy and this movie, like Woody discovering where he came from and like what his roots are and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the theme of, of ego and like this sort of inverse that happens to him, mm -hmm. like where Buzz came from, he ends yeah. up is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. they kind of, I love that inversion of kind of like they essentially switch roles mm -hmm. for this film and it's really... I don't know. It's I, it's really cool because Woody was kind of that stable. I'm a toy. I'm Andy's toy. You're here, and then like to see him out of that mm -hmm. is really cool. Yeah, and uh, and then I really like bringing in the second Buzz that doesn't know he's not actually yeah. Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> and just like watching the mirror uh, into the past that mm -hmm. Buzz has is so great. I was just like I can't believe I was this obnoxious. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there's, I just really like the character interplay in that movie a lot. Mm -hmm. I did fall asleep for a minute and missed entirely the prospector getting his comeuppance in the oh. <laughs> So, and it's, it was too hard to rewind on my stupid iPod. So, um, I watched it on an iPod Classic. So oh. it's the, the real small square. Right. Yeah. So wow. some of the visuals were lost on me. Yeah. Going old school. Yeah. But, um, that and then having Zerg come in as mm -hmm. a toy, I had totally forgotten about that. I thought it was just in the video game, and like Rex running around with the strategy guide to the video <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely on the Toy Story two boat now, mm -hmm. and I would I would actually like to watch all three of them um, back to back now. Mm. I think that'd be interesting to just watch that <clears throat> that whole arc play out. Yeah, that'd be a fun experiment. Yeah. Like I said on the podcast last time, I think it's one of those things where I could make a case for any of them being the best, mm. you know. Um, so that's why it's kind of like it's hard when I choose a list of like, what's my favorite Toy Story? And it's just, I don't know, it kind of depends on the day. Like mm -hmm. you could, could easily switch one or the other. So, And it very much feels like a middle. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you can't start with that one. You mm -hmm. have to know what happened yeah. in the first one. Yeah, definitely. And you can't end with that one because it's just like, okay, all right. Like, there's there's not, <laughs> there's not like, a like a real sad... There is, like, a, a satisfaction in that um, he ends up with Jesse and Bullseye, but there's not, like, yes. a real, like, satisfaction for any of the toys, mm -hmm. really, in, the, in that movie and where there is in the third one. So it, it very much feels like... Like, kind of like the Empire Strikes Back mm -hmm. of the Toy Story trilogy. Mm -hmm. That's a good comparison. Mm -hmm. Except no one's arms are getting cut off. Yeah. Uh, yes. X Wait, yep. Actually, Woody loses Woody. an arm. That's right! The stitching the, the, and... The prospector uh, tears it? Yep. Oh. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yep. Also, I... Uh, 
I was very conflicted about the prospector because I didn't know who the voice actor was. And so when he started talking, I was like, that voice sounds real familiar. Mm. And I've been going through Frasier on Netflix. Oh. And so I was like, why is Frasier being so mean? <laughs> like, this hurts my brain. He's really good in that movie, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Like, so menacing. Yeah. Well, he starts out so warm and friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, towards the end, you really get that Kelsey Grammer gruff yeah. <laughs> coming out. You're just like, whoa, wait, you used to be really nice and warm, and now you're really scary. Yeah, you're like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all I'll talk about um, mm-hmm. for me, is those two mainly. Sweet. Nick, what about you? Well, uh, have, I haven't been watching a lot of... St- a lot of stuff this week, uh, a lot of movies, uh, aside from The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, me and Emily have been uh, watching uh, Star Trek on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, and we love Next Generation. So we're watching Next Generation, but when we first got uh, together, I was watching it all the way through th- for the first time. Like, I'd seen it on TV, mm-hmm. but I'd never watched every single episode. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. And so I was about, I was like in the fifth season. And so we started watching mm-hmm. from there together and then we finished it. Uh, but when I had done that initial watch through, I started around season three or so because I knew that the early seasons of Next Generation Star Trek are, uh, I might get flamed for this, but I, I don't think they're very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, it's always my uh, opinion that as soon as they get the collars on the uniforms, that's when the show becomes good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I just like kept on fast forwarding through the seasons. I'm like, oh, there's a collar. Okay, let's start watching. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we're watching an episode right now. We're halfway through while we were eating dinner, and uh, gosh, all I could think of while it's like this is the old Star Trek, but with a new cast, mm-hmm. and it, it takes a while for uh, things to get to the next generation that I love. Okay, so you're watching from the beginning. Uh, yeah, we're watching. We're in season one right now, and they're on a planet that sells weapons, <laughs> but like, there's no one there mysteriously. But there's a bunch of robots flying around shooting mm-hmm. people, and there's no negotiation happening. It's very Kirk's status, where it's like, oh, let's kill this robot because it looks <laughs> scary, or it's flying at me, and so they just shoot at it. I'm just like, where's the Where's the mystery here? Where's the negotiation? How come the card isn't like trying to tell everyone, no, rock gonna shoot first. Let's figure out what's happening. Uh, not getting any of that. And there hasn't been a lot of that so far. And that's what I love about Next Generation is, mm-hmm. no, we don't have to fight. Let's talk about this first. Mm-hmm. Whereas old Star Trek was very much Kirk saying, oh, let's punch stuff and make computers blow up by saying paradoxes. <laughs> and, uh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, there's, yeah, we haven't quite got to the uh, next generation that I love, but it is interesting seeing all the characters that I know not quite acting the way that I know that they mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that's what we've been watching recently. I know it's not a lot to talk about, but uh, it's been... We we enjoy it. We make fun of it, and uh, I, I'll videotape a little bit, of, like send it on Snapchat of Worf <laughs> yelling weird, <laughs> or, you know, someone getting blown up in a weird way, and so... Uh, uh, it makes for some great Snapchats, but uh, it's not quite the Star Trek that I love and know quite yet. Yeah. I never really got into Star Trek. Me neither. So. Mm. I highly suggest it. Start on season three, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, now, I know, now I know that. Yeah. Um, I used to watch... Uh, which one had uh, Janeway? That's uh, Voyager, Voyager, I believe. I used to watch Voyager when I was in high school just because I had a small TV in my room that had an antenna on it and got about six channels. Mm-hmm. And at that time of night, that was like the best thing on. So <laughs> it would just kind of put me to sleep every night. Like, I don't really remember much about it. I would just kind of put it on and fall asleep to it. It's just your bedside companion. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, it's So I feel like it's a very relaxing show to me, <laughs> and I don't know if it should be. <laughs> I, uh, honestly, I haven't seen a lot of the other Star Treks mm-hmm. other than the very, you know, first Star Trek, Next Generation. I haven't seen a lot of the other ones. And mostly I don't want to watch the other ones because I'm scared that it's not going to live up to Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be disappointed the whole time. Well, that was good Star Trek, but it wasn't, it wasn't Next Generation. Yeah. So, uh, I'm scared and my wife keeps on telling me I need to watch, uh, 
Deep Space Nine because that's her favorite. Oh, okay. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll get around to that someday. <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll say I owe her probably now that I've mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That we're watching Next Generation right now. She's like, okay, well, next is yeah. Deep Space Nine, so yeah, okay, we have to watch something, and yeah. so I'm probably. But that's seven seasons from now. That'll be two years at the rate that we're going. So. Yeah, she she she'll have forgotten by then. So you're you're probably yeah, good to, you're probably good to go. I'm probably good to go. She's not gonna <laughs> she's, she's not gonna forget. She's putting a reminder in her phone. Yes, as we speak. she's yeah. not gonna forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as we speak, yeah. as she's listening right now, she's yeah. putting a reminder in her phone. Uh, now that we gave her the idea, I didn't yeah. Know yeah. It yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, future two years from now, me. Uh, this is some Back to the Future stuff, you guys. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for me, what I've been watching recently is, I guess, stuff kind of pertaining to the podcast. I went back and watched a couple Pixar films. <clears throat> um, I went back and watched Wally because okay. um, the movie's incredible. It's so good, and honestly, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and. My wife was one of the people who was like, oh, yeah, it was fine, but, like, I didn't really like it upon initial watching. So we went back and watched it, and there was just a lot. Man, it's just, there's so much to take in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she liked it a lot more the second time through. And I, I remember, I was like, oh, yeah, I did really like this movie. Because I think I saw it, like, when it first came out, like, in 2008, and it had been a long time. But, yeah, everything we were talking about last time, just all the, like, the silent, like, you know, showing rather than telling. And I really love this, you know, just like showing love between Wally and Eva. And uh, I even, I forgot about the part, like, when they come back and, like, Wally is, like, kind of, like, rebooting and he doesn't have his own personality. Oh, gosh, yeah. And she's all torn up and she, you can, oh, it's just so good. It's just so good how she really wants him to be back. I'm just like, wow, Pixar, you're just so good. So. Lots of really good stuff. All the animation is amazing. Like you were talking about the the space dance sequence, mm. and just like it's just it's just so done so well, and it looks so good. And just kind of how even throughout the whole movie, you know, like Wally is the more like you know kind of like rigid, you know, kind of like oh I don't know, just like an older kind of like work utilitarian type design, and Eve is like this sleek kind of like iPhone-ish thing, and just even how they move out there in space, it's so reflective of that, you know, he's got the the fire extinguisher, and just like, nah, like going everywhere, and she's just like, what are you doing, and uh, it's just awesome. So I watched that again, really liked it, watched the thing about the sound design with it, it's just oh, always man. so, it's so fascinating, ah, man. Um, and then I also went back and watched Ratatouille. Hmm. On, uh, after, after we talked about that last time, Nick, I was just like, I have to go back and watch that film. <laughs> Cause it was another one where like, I, I remember watching it and I was like, oh yeah, that was cool. But like, I hadn't seen it since it came out. And so just mm. like, mm-hmm. I didn't really remember like anything about it. I was like, I don't even remember how he gets into the restaurant or anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I liked it a lot more and all the stuff that you had pointed out, just like the music and just kind of like the themes that occur throughout the film. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, wow, this is really good. So did it make your top five now? I don't think it made my top five, but it moved up significantly. Okay, good. From like, it was kind of a lower tier Pixar movie. It wasn't like bad. It was just kind of like, uh, but after watching it, it definitely like came up quite mm-hmm. a ways. So... Yeah, I noticed the Buzz and Woody theme in Toy Story yes. 2, and it was great! Oh, yeah! <laughs> it was so good! I'm glad you noticed that. I, I wasn't going to ask you, Yeah, but yeah, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad you noticed. Yeah, I paid special attention to it. Like yes. I, As the movie was starting, I was like, alright, i got to pay attention to the music, because Nick told me to. <laughs> Is basically, that's exactly my train of thought. <laughs> I didn't uh, tell you to, I told you that it was there, so... But I'm glad it could be that... Uh, motivational to you yeah it worked it worked usually if someone <laughs> usually if someone points out music to me i'll notice it but mm-hmm. it, i'm not actively looking for just it. like your first time through a film you mm-hmm. usually don't like mm-hmm. yeah yeah um unless it's something like unless i really love it or really hate it mm-hmm. um it could go either way like the interstellar yeah oh yeah real distracting never saw that oh interstellar nope Oh, <gasps> we're seeing. I don't think so. Nick may disagree. <laughs> oh, well, I've told you guys before. I'm a big sci-fi guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. This is a 
we're, we're not talking about Interstellar tonight. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go on for hours. But it's a perfect mesh of sci-fi, uh, sci-fi themes and emotional themes mixed together. And, oh, I loved it. I have such a different read on that movie. <laughs> I think that it's a battle royale between sci-fi themes and emotional themes for which one is right. And oh, interesting. Yeah, I think there. I think that movie is totally at odds with itself. Maybe I'd have to watch it again. Maybe <laughs> I'd have to watch, to watch it again too. So anyway, so that kind of wraps up what we watched this week, and we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we will tell you about the good dinosaur. about the good dinosaur today so like last episode we talked through all of pixar's films and it was awesome and extensive and great Mm -hmm. and so now we're here uh kind of giving our impressions and thoughts on their newest film the good dinosaur um so yeah there's lots of stuff to talk about um nick i'm gonna have you kick it off for us okay well last last week i said that the only expectation that I had on the movie was amazing backdrops. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and amazing, uh, like, scenery. And um, this was the thing that blew me away first. Yeah. Just within the first couple minutes of the movie. I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed when it, like, panned, like, it, it faded in onto the river. Yeah. And then it, like, panned up to the farm. Uh, me and my wife, like, looked at each other like, is that real water? Yeah. Yeah. Was that real water? Uh, and all I could think of while watching this movie was like, okay, they filmed this in a real place, and they just superimposed animated characters. So that's what it looks like. Yeah. When he's passed out in the creek or in the little pond, oh. after he gets uh, swept up in the river that takes him away from his home, I felt the exact same way. Yeah. The yep. way the water looked, it, yeah. oh my gosh. Just, it's... I don't know if there's an award for something like that, but it's got to win something. Yeah. For just being beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you get that? Like, it looks photorealistic. Like, yeah. wow. Like, the definition of photorealistic. Yeah, like, when... I, I remember one scene that blew me away is, like, when he's trying to... Like, he's kind of, like, up against that big rock wall, and you can see the face of it. And yeah. just, like, the definition mm-hmm. of, like, the rock face. And, like, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can see all the crags and the crevices and, like, everything. And, like, the coloration of different parts, like, where the sun's been on it. I was just like, oh, man. Like, and, wow. Yeah, it was, it was almost hard for my brain to... <laughs> uh, to capture too, because you have this amazing rock definition, and then you have this like scared dinosaur yeah. on the side <laughs> who looks very cartoony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was really cool contrast between the two. I thought, and I was expecting to see some realistic looking animals at some point, but they all look kind of cartoony. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really interesting to me. And like when the pterodactyls fly down, they look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're <laughs> sitting on those like pools, those white. Mm, yeah. Rock pools. yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like uh, hot springs looking yeah. things. Yeah, and you're just thinking, man, it looks so good. And then I have this goofy looking pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that really blew me away. I really paid attention to the animation as mm-hmm. well, and uh, the way that they animated Arlo, yeah. the main character. Uh, Looked really good. And one of the things that I loved was sometimes you forgot how big he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when he's next to uh, the human kid, Spot, yeah. uh, Spot, uh, Spot only comes up to like almost halfway of his knee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, he's actually pretty big. Uh, so they did a good job, I think, of showing how big he was, even though he's still all in the screen. So mm-hmm. physically he's small, but then you put him next to this smaller character. Uh, so I thought that was really clever, uh, animation-wise. Uh, and can I just say, walking out of the movie, I, uh, how many spoilers do you give? We're full spoilers. Full, yeah. Sp- yeah. full spoilers? Yeah. Okay. I looked at Emily and we, uh, I said, you know, walking into this movie, I did not expect cowboy T-Rexes. Oh, so good. 
<laughs> yeah, me neither. That were good guys. Yeah. Good guy T-Rexes that were cowboys. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I did not expect that. never that. happens. I knew that they were going to be cowboy T-Rexes because I had watched the clip of uh, Sam Elliott talking about the crocodile fight. I had seen that in advance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense out of context. Um, made way more sense yeah. <laughs> in the context of the film. But yeah, I, I knew they were going to be in there. And what a perfect voice for a T-Rex. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and speaking of that scene where he's talking about the crocodile, and you know he's explaining, he's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I bit one of those crocodiles, and then I tail whipped the other one, and then the other one I drowned in my own blood. Yeah. And I'm just like... This is a kids movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in a theater filled with kids, and I'm like, are like any of the parents like covering the ears <laughs> yeah. of their kids as this T Rex is talking about killing a crocodile with its own blood? I'm like, what? You know what though? I um, and having been the kid in this experience, it if I was a kid, that would make total sense to me. Like I wouldn't even think twice about it because I played with so many dinosaur action figures when mm. I was a kid. That when I saw Jurassic Park, I was five years old, and I saw it in the theater, and like it, these adults were terrified because it's a scary movie, and I was like, "What do you expect? Dinosaurs eat people all the time." <laughs> like that was as a kid, that's just how dinosaurs work in your mind. They just eat stuff yeah. constantly. <laughs> like they're constantly killing everything. So, it, as a five-year-old who was seeing Jurassic Park earlier than a five-year-old <laughs> should, um, I it did not phase me at all because I was just like, yeah, these dumb people are... That's what they do. Yeah, these dumb people are coming up against these dinosaurs. What do they think is going to happen? I make this happen all the time in my living room. <laughs> that may be true, but it definitely was weird to me hearing Sam Elliott as a T-Rex <laughs> explaining the gruesome details. I will say that. Fair Even though enough. I agree with you. Fair yes, enough. T-Rexes eat <laughs> crocodiles. But do they explain it in gruesome <laughs> detail and then show off a uh, crocodile tooth? Yeah. Which is one of the most, I would say, just B.A. thing characters. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and here's a little souvenir with a crocodile yep. tooth in my own jaw. He's, it's I'm, in my mouth, yeah. I'm just like... I, he's my new favorite Pixar character. Right? <laughs> he's really good. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I... I think we can agree, like, that was awesome. The animation was beautiful. Mm. I think that goes kind of without saying. You just, like, a minute into that film and you're like, what? They were able to accomplish this? That's awesome. So let's, I guess let's kind of shift gears and let's talk about the story and Mm. the characters. MJ, why don't you kick us off about that? Sure. Um, Man, I... I, it's been such a hard two days for me thinking about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw it with, with a group of people and there's so much I liked about this movie and there's so much I didn't like about this movie mm-hmm. all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because it's more than 50% for both. Like, I feel like it's like 60-60. <laughs> if that's a thing. <laughs> if that's a thing. If I'm allowed to do that, I feel like it's 60-60. Like, there's, there, there are individual things that work for me a lot, a mm-hmm. lot in this movie. And there are also overarching themes that I really like in this movie. But they like, they mesh so strangely together to me. I don't know. It's a weird combination to me. Like, it's first off, it's a weird movie. There's like yeah. some weird jokes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the Triceratops character is so crazy. Yeah, he's weird. He was weird. Uh, the uh, I would also say eating the fermented the drug fruit. joke. Yeah, the drug joke and the yeah. montage of yeah them tripping out basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, what is happening? I looked over at my wife. Like, what? <laughs> well, so they, so that joke particularly was the weirdest thing Pixar's ever done. I couldn't oh, believe yeah. it. It felt very on Pixar. <laughs> I was wondering, like, okay, so this is a kids movie, mm-hmm. right? I guess. Uh, are they gonna know what's going on, or did they just like eat something weird, and that's all the kids need to know? Yeah, it was very bizarre. Yeah, it was a yes. very bizarre part. Yes. I'm like, afterwards, I was just like. What did that do? Like, why yeah. was that there? Is that yeah. like, why, why is that there? Now, that could have been a deleted scene, and I would have been fine with that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, like, I, when they first ate it, and they, like, looked at each other, and they were happy, I was like, oh, they got drunk. That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 
<laughs> Arlo started growing extra eyeballs, and I was like, they're tripping? <laughs> what? And then they switch faces. Oh, like, my God. Right. <laughs> like, it was funny. It was really funny, but it was really off-putting all at the same time. And the yes. whole movie was kind of like that. Like, there were really cool things, and then things where I was like, I don't know if that was a smart choice. Um, I think that there was an overarching theme of um, of masculinity that I mm-hmm. really, really, really liked, especially um, with Arlo losing his father. You yes. know, the Disney trope is yes. yep. dead moms. Uh, um <laughs> Uh, but this one, you know, uh, even though the way he lost his father just felt so Lion King to Very me. Very Lion yep. King. Like, yep. to, to a really distracting degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to where I was like, I, like, I called it a Disney compilation album after we got out of the movie. It just felt like Disney's greatest hits in some scenes. <laughs> and so that was like, uh, like, I'm... I'm glad we're seeing this, like, other side of it where, you know, usually the mom's out of the picture, but this time it's the father, and um, I just wish they would have offed him a little bit differently. Like, it just mm-hmm. was so reminiscent. It was distracting. Yes. But, the the like, him being without a father figure and um, without, like, a strong sense of masculinity. Like, he already didn't have a strong sense of masculinity to begin with because he was, um, for all intents and purposes, he was a creative type. Yes. <laughs> um, and so you already, like... It, it, as a creative type, and I'm sure this served as, like, therapy for a lot of the Pixar <laughs> guys. Um, it, you know, you already feel, like, not emasculated, but you feel like your masculinity is a little bit different um, being a creative type. Like, you know, I don't work with my hands a lot, but I make stuff. Um, and so finding that, like, that intersection between, like, well, I'm a man, but I like to, like, I care about art and and that kind of stuff more than I care about, like, you know, woodworking or cars mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like finding that balance was really good. I feel like there was also an overarching theme of, like, anxiety and, like, how to deal with anxiety that mm-hmm. was really good. Um, you know, uh, Sam Elliott's character yes. summed up the theme of the oh, movie yeah. so well, mm-hmm. where he was like, if you don't have fear, you lose yourself. And I yeah. was like, yeah! <laughs> I want to say, I have the exact quote here. He says, if you're not afraid, then you're not alive. Yeah. 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 And so that that was really cool. You know, not all of us um, have have the Sam Elliott figure to show us like masculinity like I felt like that was a little convenient for him like yes. well when you're when your main source of masculinity is go goes away Sam Elliott's not a bad substitute <laughs> at all and he's arguably the most masculine character in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh He's the character who drowned the crocodile in his own blood by the way right yes. uh so uh I thought that was really he almost was the surrogate father for Arlo yes. and gave everything that Arlo's father was trying to tell him into something that was really easy to understand where it's like, you know what? It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be scared, but basically don't let it control you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like it was a really good thematic bookend to Inside Out. Yeah. Like it kind of, the, the, mm. it seemed like a, like a companion piece kind of mm-hmm. um, in that sense, because, um, you know, Arlo is a very emotional creature. Yes. Um, and so he's, he's got, he wears his heart on his dinosaur sleeve. sleeve. Um, <laughs> but, and so he's very right there with his emotions. And so you, like, watching it, I was like, oh, inside him, like, fear <laughs> is the main, like, is yeah. the controller. Yes. Um, and so, it, like, it was really cool to think about those two movies coming out in the same year. Mm. So I think if Pixar starts doing that, where it's just, like, two companion piece, uh, movies every year, it's awesome. Um, I think, that I really liked structurally. I really liked the bookend of introing Arlo coming back home the same way they intro uh, Papa in the movie. Like they use the same mm-hmm. shots of 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 Papa tilling the fields or getting ready, like walking through the forest and like tilling the fields. They use those same shots to illustrate Arlo walking back to the ranch, mm-hmm. like. It was kind of this, like, his journey to become a man is complete. Mm-hmm. And he's also realized that, like his father tells him, he's everything his dad is and more. Mm, yes. Um, and what he meant by that is, like, I'm not a very emotional guy and you have your emotions right at the ready. And so, like, if you go on to, like, over, like, not let your fear control you, you're going to be, like, 
twice the man I am, basically, because I mm-hmm. I can't express my emotions. That was his father's way of expressing emotions, the most mm-hmm. emotion he's expressed the entire film. And so I, I there like all that really worked for me, but then there were just like parts that stuck out like a sore thumb, like the drug joke oh, or like yeah. the meth addict uh oh the 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 triceratops yeah no 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 well the triceratops was super weird but the meth addict like weird like janky looking like feathered dinosaurs Uh, the the rustlers those are the raptors raptors oh yeah Yeah, that's like the uh the newer vision of what a raptor yeah that's right they have feathers that's right that's right yeah the little like raptors like didn't you notice that they were acting like drug addicts like they like one was like scratching his neck the whole time and they like had like mullets and they were like hillbillies. Yeah, that was it was weird. Yeah. I was I was expecting raptors to be in this movie. I wasn't expecting them to be hillbillies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was like that was so strange to me. And then I liked the pterodactyls in the movie. The kind of like cultish, like very cultish. Yeah. They were <laughs> such strange characters. But I loved at the end when they were like air sharks and they just like you just yeah. saw their beak come through the mm-hmm. clouds. Oh, that worked so well for me. That's pretty um, cool. But they were like kind of goofy and like I couldn't really take them seriously as menacing because they were so weird. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just weird. It was a weird movie to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed like everyone who was a bad guy in that movie was weird. Yeah. 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 And I I did like that the um there wasn't much of a supporting cast, and it was kind of a man versus nature story, which Pixar yeah. hasn't really done ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it was a it was a new thing for them to tackle, and I think they handled it mostly well. Um, there's just there's certain parts that are really hard for me to get past in this movie. Yeah, one of the things I really enjoyed about the pterodactyl characters uh, is something uh, the main character talks about is he wants to get rid of his fear altogether mm-hmm. and how he's seen the eye of the storm, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the eye of the storm. I'm not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. And oh, what does he say? I'm, I'm, rel- in, I've I'm been relevated. Relevated. Oh, instead of man. elevated. Yeah. I've been relevated. <laughs> uh, and towards the end of the movie, when they meet the second time, he says, Oh, looks like you've been relevated too. And, uh, I really liked the difference between Arlo and, uh, what was his name? Thunderclap. Thunderclap, Thunderclap at that point was that Arlo hadn't gotten rid of his fear. He had just simply not... He doesn't let it control himself anymore. Mm-hmm. Just like... Uh, his name was Butch, right? Sam Elliott T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Butch yeah. says, uh, if, you're, if you ain't scared, you, uh, you, you're not alive. Uh, whereas the pterodactyl wants to, like, I'm just... I'm not afraid of anything. That's why I'm so scary. Yeah. Uh, whereas Arlo, at that point, if he's taken Butch's advice... I, I'm not, I'm, I'm scared, but I'm not going to let it control me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you see that in the scene where Arlo jumps into the water to go after Spot. Yeah. And I think that's the moment where he's like, okay, Arlo's arrived. The character development mm-hmm. is done. We're going to see what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I feel like there was a lot of things that did work for me, but then... I feel like there was a lot of things that didn't work too, and so I just kind of I left the movie thinking like, okay, this is this is a good film, but I don't know if I would say like it's like Pixar top tier. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the the animation looks amazing. Um, I mean, Arlo's character development, I really like that. But there's other things that I was kind of missing, like the world building. Yeah. I feel like Pixar is really good at that, and this really didn't have a lot of that, I feel like. Yeah, and it was, the bits it did have were weird. Like, it was, yeah. it took me a minute to settle into, like, farming dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had that whole premise of, like, what if the comet that, like, killed the dinosaurs missed the Earth? And then it kind of never, like, really addressed again of, like, okay, so are dinosaurs kind of, like, humans? And I guess humans are, like, obviously, like, cave people, like, are the roles reversed, or, like, they just didn't really, like, explain any of that, and I feel like they're really good at doing that in their other films. They build the world as they do the character development, Mm -hmm. and so I kind of miss that. I kind of, I like Spot as a character. I feel like he was kind of, like, underused, though. I mean, like, he served his purpose to kind of be, like, 
you know, Arlo can see this is the person who doesn't have fear a lot of the times. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, they're kind of bonding and, like, him seeing the importance of family. But I felt like kind of his arc at the end where he just goes off with the other people. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. It didn't feel earned to me, like... Mm-hmm. Because you have this whole time where it's like, you know, Arlo's mad at Spot, and, you know, then they start to bond. I thought that scene with them on the beach when they, like, did the circles and the, the logs, and I thought that was, like, one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, it was done really well. It took me off guard. I, uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, it, it, it hit me pretty hard. Yeah. It hit me pretty hard. Uh, and I usually... And Pixar waits to save that toward the end of the movie, yeah. or you know, the beginning if you're watching up yeah. or Finding Nemo. <laughs> but this one was just like, oh, right in the middle. You weren't expecting it. Sorry, mm-hmm. and it just it caught me off guard. I'm like, who sprayed onion in this theater? Yeah. Why is it? Oh, there's something in my eye. And uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah, I agree. That was the easily yeah. the best. Yeah, yeah. Scene in the movie, and that really caught me off guard. And I was like, "Wow, that this is awesome!" And I just felt like that was the peak of Arlo and Spot's kind of relationship. And I just felt like they kind of not like completely dismissed it after that, but it was more of like, "Okay, now we're completely focusing on Arlo." And like, yeah, he does go and save him in the river at the end. But then I just kind of feel like how those two characters, how their relationship ends up at the end, is just kind of like. I, I didn't like it, kind of just how it... Like, I was expecting at the end when he's there and there's the other humans that have found them and then Arlo, like, pushes Spot with them and draws a circle around them. I was expecting Spot to come over and draw a circle around him and Arlo. Oh, that would have been so good. And I was waiting for it, and then, like, they start to walk away, and I'm like, seriously? You spent all this time and, like... Yeah, so that kind of was disappointing for me. I didn't know that's what I wanted to happen until you mentioned it. Yeah. And I felt like that would have bookended the story. I mean, yeah, the main theme is, like, it's kind of a coming-of-age story. It's kind of Arlo discovering, like, you know, masculinity can look different. And, like, you were talking about MJ. And I think that's a really good thing. And overcoming fear, like Butch talks about. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like there's also, like, this theme of family in there, too. And so... For them to kind of, like, leave that thread hanging just really left me kind of like, ah, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Well, and also, I think, with that theme of family, it would also send the message, like, family can look different, too. Yeah. You know, because the whole thing is, like, these things can look different. You know, masculinity can look yes. different. Fear can look, look different. Yep. Family can look different. It would have been, like, this cool, like... Um, almost like pro-adoption message. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm not saying the movie's anti-adoption <laughs> at, at all. That's a weird thing to make. But I, I do think that you're right. They, it was, it was sort of a missed opportunity. And I did, I didn't know this until you pointed out. I had a problem with the movie structurally and you pointed it out. I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what it was. And it was that, like, kind of the emotional arc between Arlo and Spot ends at the beach. Like, yeah. after that, it's them, like, shooting gophers out of holes and, like, yeah. Um, Eaten like was, did that happen after? That yeah, didn't happen after. That, right? that, yeah, that, like yeah. and then like eating weird drug plums. And like, rustling some whatever the blo- thing. Yeah. Longhorn. Longhorn. Bison, yes. Bison, yeah. Yeah, like herding cattle with some T Rexes. Like it, yeah, it does end emotionally for them right there until like spots in danger at the end. Yeah. And I felt like the scene where um he goes back to the the uh humans is really long. Yeah. It felt forever <laughs> to me. Like, I, just I make was a like, choice. Yeah, I was like, man, this is... I know how this is going to go down, and I don't care that you're taking this long to tell me that this is how <laughs> yeah. this is going to go down. Uh, so it was those type of things that I guess kind of stopped the film from being, like, better in my mind than, like... I, I liked it, but I would... St- I'd probably put it like mid to lower tier, and it's hard because you know it's like the film encompasses everything. And if it was, if we're just talking about the animation by itself, yeah, top class. But mm. I feel like the story kind of weighs it down. And like you said, it's kind of like the highlight reel of all the Disney tropes. I'm watching it. It's like, okay, there's the Lion King. Oh, okay, here's kind of like 
you know, here's the Lion King again, you know, like, oh, like, Mufasa's spirit talking to Simba, mm -hmm. and, like, Arlo's there trapped oh, in the vine. Right. Yeah. So there was just a lot of stuff that just felt like they were borrowing that maybe it's just like, ah, oh, I feel like we've seen this done enough, and, like, can we do something different? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I like the I like the T Rex characters, but I kind of felt like that whole scene was a little bit too long, and I I don't know, maybe almost kind of like bordering on unnecessary. Like I feel like it was just kind of like, okay, we have Spot, we have Arlo, they're doing some stuff, they're bonding, we have that beach scene, we have some other stuff, and then it just kind of like deviates. And I know like they Butch does kind of like give us the summation of, like, the main theme in the film, but it just was kind of like, okay, we're out here doing this, and yeah, I guess he's, like, the father figure he didn't have, but, like, I feel like this could be shorter or maybe, like, reworked so it's not this long. So, I don't know. So, so different thing, personal things like that for me, I guess just, like, in the structuring of the movie and just kind of, like, arcs that I would have liked to end differently for the characters. But... All in all, I still liked it. It's just I don't think it's going to be like a top one for me. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. And one of the main problems I'm having is I don't in a lot of the scenes that Spot is in, I don't see a lot of the necessary. Yeah. The the, the use of it. I don't I don't <clears throat> see Spot as a necessary character half the time. You could have mm -hmm. had, you know, just some random guy come in. It'd be like, oh yeah, my parents died when I was little too, and uh, sorry, and, <laughs> and then they leave. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like Spot as a character throughout the whole movie could have been replaced by a lot of secondary characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I really don't like the character, and I'm doing air quotes right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the character of Spot because I feel like he doesn't have a lot. Yeah. But if he had done that thing that you're talking about, where he drew the circle around Arlo, that would have been like. There it is. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. Yep. That would have made me love Spot. But but there wasn't anything huge like that. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like the movie killed time a lot. Like, it felt like they made a movie that was, like, an hour long. Yeah. And then they were like, how do we make this an hour and a half long? Because the movie's just under two hours. Yeah. It's way too long for what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there's just a lot of, like, meandering stuff of, like, them going around, like I said, like, shooting gophers out of holes. Yeah. Like, that's funny. And, like, cute. Like, those little gopher things are adorable, but it's just, like... Okay, what like they're they're having fun now, and before they weren't having fun with each other because one of them was mad at him. Yeah, that's all. You know, like it, it. That whole montage really felt like deleted scenes. I know you mentioned that yeah. the drug thing could have been a deleted scene, but the, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole the whole montage of that, like leading up to that, because that's like the book. Like, and then he jumps in the water. And he's got a bunch of leeches on him, and it's like, okay, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that like that whole scene. It was just like, why is this in this movie? Like, it didn't. I don't feel like it was making them bond any more or any less. Like, yeah. it just kind of seemed like they were doing activities, and then they got to the beach and made everyone cry. Mm -hmm. Now, what you just described is how I feel about certain parts of Inside Out mm -hmm. as well. And I really hope that this isn't a trend. Because uh, I felt certain parts of Inside Out, when they're inside of Riley's mind, that I'm like, oh, they went into abstract thought. Uh-oh, like... What does that accomplish? That's it's my favorite literally... scene in the whole movie. Oh, no! Sorry! <laughs> it's a sweet scene. I mean, it's a great scene, but story-wise, it's not moving anything along. It's like, oh, no, we're trapped in this weird plane of existence in the brain. So, to me, I, okay, mean, I enjoyed it, but mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was pushing the story along very much. I felt like it served a, a, a more of a meta purpose. I don't know if that's the right word. Um... But just, it, it seemed more like, to get, it seemed more like a, like a teaching moment where it was like, here's how the brain works a little bit. I see. Um, and I feel like Inside Out had enough of those moments that were like, it was like, oh yeah, this is how the brain works on top of. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there was an educational purpose in it, whereas like this stuff, it was just like, and they're buddies! And mm -hmm. They'll do like, let's do a song and dance until we get to the emotional scene. Well, again, in Inside Out, I didn't think, oh, this could have been a deleted scene and I could have missed it. But I still asked myself while watching it for the first time, like, oh, this isn't moving the story along. But it's, mm -hmm. like, fun. So I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. But then there was way more of that in Good Dinosaur. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, 
a lot of deleted scenes in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And not to not to hate on this movie because you guys are probably listening. It's like, oh, these three guys are like ripping on this kids movie. I feel like this. It's a. It's still a good film for mm-hmm. kids. But I feel like this is. We talked about like Pixar has. They do a good job of having like that duality of films, and I feel like this one is very much more of a kids film. I don't feel like. I mean, like there's there's themes, but like comparing it, I feel like to. For me, for me anyway, for for Inside Out, I feel like that was one where it's like you watch it as a kid and it's like, oh, it was a fun adventure and we do the different things. And as an adult or even like, you know, as they as they grow up and they're an older teen, there's a lot of things that they're going to catch and they're like, oh, I didn't understand that, but now I do. Mm-hmm. Whereas like The Good Dinosaur, there's like overarching themes of like, you know, masculinity can look different and you need to know how to control fear and different things. But I feel like those are somewhat more universal and you could even like you know if you have like a nine or ten year old watching this film they're gonna kind of grasp some of that like oh it's not a bad thing to be afraid or like i need to face my fear or Mm -hmm. like you know i want to be courageous or like family's important like i feel like some of those will come across more to like younger kids and so i don't i didn't really get the sense of like the complete duality like they have in a lot of these other pixar films but what, what do you guys think about that? I agree, but also, I feel like the movie's almost too long and too slow for a kid to enjoy. Um, like, there were some fussy kids in, in my theater when we yeah. saw it. We also saw it at 8.45 at night, so we were also probably tired. Um, <laughs> They're like, make it end. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't, like, I was thinking about it, and I, I, I was thinking about my niece and nephew, and I was like, I don't know if they'd sit through this, because there's, like, long... Kind of quiet stretches because Arlo can't interact with Spot all that much because Spot doesn't talk mm-hmm. really, and it doesn't like it doesn't really work the way the silence and Wally works, you know? Like yeah, I was kind of th- thinking about that because the, the, there's there's just too much noise mm-hmm. in in the in the quieter moments to where yes. it doesn't full on work, and so it's just like I, I don't know, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of sloppy. Yes. I'm trying to put how I feel into words uh, <laughs> about this movie because I, I want to say that I liked it, but it, it is missing, I think. And maybe it is just that deeper, those deeper themes mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe a kid wouldn't, uh, wouldn't get right away, but it's still yes. enjoyable. Uh, there is a bit of a, a lack of that. We're, in, you know, referencing to one of the greats that we talked about last week, Toy Story 3. Yes. Where, you know, I watch it being in college and feeling something, and my mom having me be in college <laughs> is feeling something. Yes. Whereas, I don't know if you would get that so much in The Good Dinosaur. I don't I don't think so, honestly. It's like, that is a perfect example. You know, seven-year-old watches Toy Story 3. Oh, this is a fun story, and, like, you get to see, like, Buzz and Spanish Buzz, <laughs> and... You know, Lotso Barrow, he's he's scary, and they're going down the, you know, the thing, and they're going to go into the furnace and stuff like that. But then, like like you were saying, you know, you watch it as someone who is in college, or your parents watch it, and there's this different emotional, like, things that they catch, or it just hits them on a different level. And I'm wondering if maybe there might be some adults out there who related to Arlo's dad. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and maybe thought, oh, maybe I'm trying to make my kids too much like me. Mm-hmm. So that could be a possibility, but the movie didn't didn't really explore it, that. It didn't explore that very He's much. He's dead too quick before you can really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and even like even like the loss of a parent like is kind of too quick too. I mean, it just like. Like, it, it happens too fast for you to really yeah. connect to that. Like, if you're someone who has lost a parent, like, mm-hmm. to really, like... Like, I'm sure that stirs the memories for you and, mm-hmm. you know, as, as that would always. But there's not enough time spent with it, really, to where it's like, oh, you're saying something profound about it. It's just kind of, like, yes. poking at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in a not in a mean way. No. But just, just like, you know, it, it brings that memory up. It doesn't really say anything to people who have had that experience. And so... It's just like, oh yeah, this happened, you yeah. know. Um, and and I mean, I guess I I don't know. I, there are opportunities, and I think there's little moments that do touch on it a little bit. You know, the beach scene where mm-hmm. they talk about that. 
But other than that, I, I like I think that could have been a theme that you could explore really well. I mean, I guess that's kind of a Disney thing, like Disney. Yeah. Disney kind of kills off parents willy nilly and then doesn't really explore really what that means. Um, or just never explains like where is the other parent? Yeah, like yeah. Little Mermaid, like she's just not there, right? Or do they explain that she died? Uh, I don't think they explain that. No, yeah, or she's like not around. Or like Goofy and Max, it's like where is the mom? She's never talked about or mentioned oh, yeah. or yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, it's she's Belle's mom. Belle's mom. Where is she? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's just a Disney, it's a Disney fault thing all, yeah. all the way around. Like, I mean, because like even Mufasa dying like doesn't really like it has big implications <clears throat> for the plot, and like it's what drives Simba into exile. But like, you don't really get a lot of Simba dealing with it. You know, I think the most you get of him dealing with it is running away from it. Yeah. Yes. And not wanting to go back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think probably the movie that explores the theme the best is Big Hero 6. Which I have not seen. And I need to see. You haven't seen it? No. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, it is. Oh, man, that movie's great. But that that explores... It's not the death of a parent, it's the death of a sibling. Mm -hmm. But that... like I feel like that movie, the overarching theme is dealing with loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really the only Disney movie that's like killed off a character whose immediate family for the main character... And really been, like, the driving force behind them. Mm. The way it probably would be if that happened in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, we just got very deep. Disney breakthroughs, yes. <laughs> we just got very deep there. So, I guess, kind of in final summation, conclusion, wrapping up thoughts. Uh, Nick, see it or don't see it? I would say see it for the... Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. It's one of the most beautiful movies I think I've ever seen. Uh, so see it for that. It, it's a likable movie. Yeah. I, I, if I had to rate it, I would give it like maybe a six out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would say go see it. Go see it. Uh, bring some Kleenex just in case. Yeah. There's a couple intense parts. Mm-hmm. MJ, see it or don't see it. Yeah. Uh, I would say I think I still even fall on the line of see it. Um, I don't know if I like this movie that much, <laughs> but I do think that like see it is is probably where I land. Um, because it does look great. And there's like yes. there's some good themes in it, um, and some some solid like there's some solid stuff in it, but there's also some real not solid stuff in it. So strange toy choices. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's it's just it's it's such a an odd odd movie. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think you should see it. Um, I totally agree with the stuff that you guys said. Um, last like kind of just fun gut reaction. Is it better than Brave? Ooh. I was thinking about that because it's very similar. Yeah, it's yeah. very similar to Brave, and I think yes because I enjoyed this significantly more than I enjoyed. Brave. <laughs> I like Brave really graded me. Okay, Nick is, yeah, Nick is I would, like I don't. No, I would agree. I, I wanted to make sure I thought about it before I gave a good answer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say it's better than Brave for sure. Mm-hmm. Brave again. We talked about it last week. I wanted so much more from that movie. Mm-hmm. And Good Dinosaur was like, okay, I got everything that I, I, I could have had, you know, could have been better, but I got as much as I wanted, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, definitely go see it. It's fun. Like I said, it's probably a lower tier Pixar film in my list, but um, the animation is top quality. Yeah. If they can, if they can take that animation. Like, that level of detail and stuff, and maybe inject something like Inside Out, or even, I don't know. Ratatouille? Ratatouille. (laughs) Finding Nemo. We would just have a great Pixar film, so Mm -hmm. we'll just have to see. Have you guys seen the trailer for Finding Dory yet? Yes. Yes, I did. It was one of the uh, trailers for the movie. Oh, mine was not. I didn't get that trailer. really? Really? Wow. That's weird. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I got real crappy trailers in front of mine. Man, I got real crappy trailers. Um... Did the, does the water look photorealistic like it does in this, or does it look more in that Finding Nemo style? I, it's tough to tell because it's underwater. Yeah, and a lot of the scenes were dark yeah. in the, that they showed, yeah. like her sleeping and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really get like a, oh, here they are out in the sun, or like any like above the water. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, tough to tell Got it. at this point. Got it. 
Because I was, like you said, if, if they apply that to, like, Finding Dory or something, oh, man. Yeah. That's going to look incredible. Mm-hmm. It'd be amazing. Um, so, yeah. So, those are our thoughts on The Good Dinosaur. Um, so, yeah. You should go see it. And, uh, MJ, tell our, uh, tell our lovable fans of what we have coming down the pipe sure. next week. Um, yeah. Uh, get ready, you guys, because it is about to be Star Wars month here oh, at the Before man. and After Show. Oh, um, yes. I think we have three podcasts lined up for yes. Star Wars. Um, so, uh, and that includes a full-on discussion of the, the first six. <laughs> mm. um, so, yes. So get ready. Uh, go watch them if you haven't seen them in a while. Put um, on your yeah, prequel hats. Yeah, yes, all six of them. Um, you know, we, we do acknowledge that six movies exist in this canon. Um, and, uh, and then after that, we have... Uh, we have before and after show proper uh, yes. with Star Wars episode eight, The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, episode seven, yeah. What Star Wars episode <laughs> seven, the, gun. the Force Awakens? Um, and I'm very excited about the guest for it because he has a very special connection to this film. But I'll let him tell you about it uh, when he's on. Nick, I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, is that? Uh... Is that is that Jake Barton? Yes, it is. Oh yeah, he does have a very special connection to this movie. Yep, I'm excited. Yeah, um, yeah. So we will be back uh, next week and, mm-hmm. and kicking it off right. Yeah, man, uh, I'm nervous about this. <laughs> like this is this is the biggest movie we've ever taken on. I'm excited. Podcast defining um, uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, but until then, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on uh, iTunes. Uh, rate us there. Yep. It helps us climb up uh, the rankings. I don't know if we have any ratings, to be perfectly honest. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think before Email and after us. show at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook wall. Just the before and after show on Facebook. Yep. At before and after pod on Twitter. That's at before, the letter N, after pod. And uh, until next week, go watch something Pixar did. Or Beetlejuice. Or Beetlejuice. Or Beetlejuice. (laughs) Definitely Beetlejuice. Probably Beetlejuice. (laughs) Makana-san. Makana-san.